0: hello and welcome to the first in football show i am your host tobias brown and folks we are back for another episode and once again i'm joined by my co-host logan logan how are we doing today man
1: it's going, going good. good it's going good good to be back
0: yeah for sure man and logan you nabbed us this interview, so I'm going to let you introduce our guest today. Who we got on the show with us today, man?
1: So we got Vinny Scurry here from Toledo, and uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit, you know, uh, fresh off of MAC championship win. But uh, Vinny, how's it going, dude?
2: I'm doing good. I'm Vinny Scurry, guys. We, uh, I'm starting left guard for the Toledo Rockets sophomore. Happy to be here.
0: Vinny, we're pumped to have you on, man. You know, you, Logan kind of, you know, Blue blew the cover. You guys just won the Mac title for folks who didn't get to watch the game against Ohio. But you know, you you talked about it, your sophomore starting left guard for the Toledo Rockets, an offense that's just crazy fun to watch, led by your guys' quarterback Daquan Finn. You know, I gotta start with that Mac title game because that was that was a fun game to watch. What was that like getting to be a part of that and you know, ultimately coming out of Mac champ?
2: Oh man, getting out there and getting to play at a beautiful venue like Ford Field, it was like a dream come true. And then we were on a little losing skid. Ohio had won, I think, seven straight. So people were starting to count us down, not give us much of a chance in the game. So to come out and take that win and put a ring on our finger, it was a really good feeling.
0: You know, and I want to go back to your high school days, you know, to kind of give folks some insight to you. You grew up, you know, Massillon, Ohio, went to Perry. Um... You're a 3 star recruit coming out of high school. Can you talk about what the recruiting process was like for you and why ultimately you ended up choosing Toledo?
2: So with my recruiting process, it really came down to two schools. I had a couple offers around the Mac, but it really came down to Indiana and uh, Toledo. Toledo is a premier group of five school. Indiana is kind of a lower 10, a lower big 10 school. And it, it really came down to my position coach. It was like uh which position coach do I like more? I went to Toledo. He really cared for me. He's been there for me through everything. And he and I really didn't have that same feeling. So I ended up being a rocket and I've been really happy since.
0: You know, I had to, I was telling Logan off the record, you know, before we got started, I was reading your 24 7 scouting report that they did a write up on you and they talked about just how impressive you were. Uh, they categorized you as a power five, you know, starter caliber player but the pro comparison they gave was B.J. Finney. And I told Logan that that man was just – he was pulling names out of the hat. I mean, would you, if anybody remembers B.J. Finney, he was a versatile NFL offensive lineman. So, were you always a versatile guy as far as, like, playing multiple positions or have you always been a straight guard?
2: Well, versatile in high school I was – actually I never played guard until I got to college. In high school I was a tackle. And then uh, I had some offers for defense as well, so – I've really, ever since I was young, I've got thrown all over the place, really wherever the other teams trying to scheme us up. They tried to, at least back at Perry, they tried to put me where I needed to be at to give our team the best chance to win. And then in college, I'm 6'3", of course, so I went inside, and it went pretty seamless for me. It worked out pretty well.
1: Right. And your time at Maslin, too, at Maslin-Perry, you, know, you guys run a wing T, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, not something you see typically – nowadays, uh, a little bit more rare. So kind of talk about that. I mean, you run a wing tee, um, which is a very heavy run set of offense. What was kind of the transition for you going into college knowing that you're going to be running a whole different scheme and you're going to have to learn about pass blocking a little bit more
2: than you were in high school? So I thought it would be incredibly challenging to have to learn the pass protection part of the game, but it really didn't end up being as hard on me as it is on most guys going to Division One because they have these habits that are just pounding to their head on how to pass that high school that are wrong when i got there it was just like completely clean i was just like a sponge i was soaking up whatever my coaches said whatever the players around me said so learn how to pass that and that part of the game actually end up going more seamless for me and the guys who usually play in your traditional spread system in high school
0: you know when a lot of guys have that freshman moment when they get to college where they're just like oh this is big time football now like i'm, I'm playing against other three stars, other four stars, like these are the best at their high school. You were a guy who actually played as a freshman. So what did you have a moment where you were like, holy shit, I'm playing big time college football now?
2: I would say for me, it didn't even start in the games when I got out in the games. At the very start of my freshman year, and I was still a two, the twos go against the ones of practice. And our three technique on our D line is going to be a draft pick, Deswan Johnson, first team on Matt Guy. And he, uh, yeah, he humbled me a couple of times my first year. And that's where I was like, okay, I got a lot of things I got to get better. So it was just like, I want to block this guy. I have a lot of respect for this guy, but I got to find a way to block this guy. So you find a way to block that guy, and then you get into the games, and it was a lot easier for me. Because I played I played the Buckeyes. I played San Diego State. I played some premier programs, and I still have not played a D-line as good as he was.
1: Yeah, and you, you kind of mentioned there um... – the Ohio State game, I mean, we all watched it. Um, we all are here in Ohio, uh, a little Ohio State biased. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, usually when Ohio State schedules games against teams like Toledo, you know, and y- you have expectations going in of what it's going to look like. But you guys really surprised me, especially in that first half. And maybe it was Daquan Finn, but it was definitely that whole offense was just very explosive, very agile, able to make a lot of plays on the Buckeyes that I don't think anyone was expecting. So kind of talk about that game, you know, the atmosphere that you're in. It was definitely it was a nighttime game in Columbus, so kind of talk about that.
2: You know, before the game, I can tell by the vibe we were going to go out there, and as an offense, at least we weren't going to lay down, because as a unit, we were we were really excited going out there. We weren't scared at all. We, we had the ultimate faith in DQ, and he believed in us up front to protect them, and the skill guys made plays, and unfortunately, our defense, as you know, gave up a lot of points, but offensively we were ready to roll that night and we weren't scared of it
0: you know and you that offense has made plays all year you guys are averaging over 178 yards on the ground you know really a versatile offense too, over 220 passing yards a game you, know, you talked about dq daquan finn he i love watching him play football guy is just electric but you know one thing i took away from that mac championship game was the offensive line is mean you guys play physical you fire off the ball all five of you guys are really ready to smash someone when you fire out. Where do you guys get that kind of just fierce mean mentality when you guys, is that coaching or is that just all five of you guys close knit, just, Hey, we're going to go at it for our brothers. Where's that come from?
2: It's truly really both of those. So our, our five guys up front, we we got our click and we're like best friends up there, but it starts from the top down and practice every day. Our coaches for no better terms, he's a prick. It's, And we all believe in that. We love playing like that. And, yeah, we were able to get it downhill and get some things rolling this season.
0: You know, and you talked about how you guys won in the MAC title game on a little bit of a skid, losing a couple games there late, that maybe, you know, were a surprise to some people. How were you guys able to flip the script, though, for that MAC title game? And kind of, you know, you took a couple tough losses. How did you guys weather the storm, stay positive, and come out and really play some impressive football in that MAC title game?
2: I mean, I'm gonna be clear and I think we were the most talented team in the Mac all season, even though we slipped up and let Ohio become the higher seed than us be the home team in Detroit. But um I think us clinching the Mac West early in the season was kind of a curse. I believe if we needed those two wins to get to Detroit, we would have won them two games. But we got to Detroit and it was just a different vibe. All the guys knew what was on the line, the magnitude of the game we rallied the troops and we we're really, we we're together as a team. We we're together as a team. I don't think anyone could have beat us on our schedule beside besides the bug guys.
1: Yeah. And you talk about the Mac a little bit here. I want to dive into the Mac in general. If anyone knows about the Mac, the Mac plays one of the most weirdest scheduled games. You have Tuesday Maction later in the season, you got games on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights, all the time. Um, kind of talk about how that changes your schedule up a little bit. Cause some people just, see it and they don't think two things or they don't think about it a little bit, but for a player, that's really hard. You know, if you play like a Thursday night game and then the next week you're playing a Tuesday night game or you're playing Saturday and you're playing next Wednesday, like how does that really uh, take your schedule for a whirl?
2: So it kind of gets hard with, with your school stuff because you get your days mixed up. But for football, it's pretty simple. If we play on a Tuesday, we treat a Tuesday as a Saturday, for instance, and then everything just bumps back a day. So even though it's the weekend, like, a Saturday, say we're playing on Tuesday, it'd be like a Wednesday practice, I want to say. So it's like, we just bump back the schedule like that. And then you lose your weekends, unfortunately, in practice and stuff. But you, it, it functions from a football standpoint.
0: You know, and this year, your guys' D-line has been a very impressive unit. It was a unit that a lot of guys talked about early on in the season. You know, can you talk about how well you guys sharpen each other, you know, the O-line going against the D-line every day in practice and how how big of a benefit it is for you guys to get to, you know, go off against each other every day.
2: Oh, 100%. I have the uh, the utmost respect for the guys like Judge Culpepper and Deswan Johnson I go against every day and have to block because once I get to the games, it feels like it's easy because they're a really talented unit in there. But yeah, every day, I mean, it's fierce, it's competitive. You get the you get the chirping at practice. You boys know how it is. Every once in a while you have the brawls, but it's a brotherhood, and we all understand at the end of the day, them are our boys, and, yeah, we de- they definitely get us a lot better.
1: Yeah, and to kind of add on that, I mean, you talk about the attitude there is on the practice field. Is there something that really rallies the troops for you guys that kind of holds you guys together, that brotherhood, that really motivates you guys to go hard at practice every day and want to make the best out of each other. You know um, what, what's the locker room like, especially at Toledo?
2: Well, for us, it's a, ve- it's a very close locker room. And uh, our rally and cry all year was we hadn't won a Mac cha- championship since 2017. And we felt like we had the best roster in the uh, conference every year in and year out. So it really pulled us together. We really wanted to get this thing done. We had a lot of good seniors this year. It kind of felt like, we better get one this year.
0: You know, and you guys now get to go play in a bowl game. Can you talk about, you know, what's the atmosphere around, you know, the team right now as you guys are gearing up for bowl season and, you know, just you as a player, you know, getting another bowl game. What's that feeling like?
2: Man, we're excited. We can't wait. We're going to go down to Boca Raton. We're we're going to be on the beach. We're going to get to have a good time. And hopefully we're going to put a second ring on our finger, man. That's all, that's all it's about.
0: Have you guys, you know, A lot of people think, you know, some of these bowl games are like, oh, they don't matter as much. You know, we hear everybody talk about the Idaho Potato Bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl. Can you tell some fans why these bowl games are so important? I mean, we all know it. It's another opportunity to go out there, play football and win a championship. And at the end of the day, that's what we all play for. But what would you tell the average fan who maybe, you know, craps on some of these bowl games?
2: Man, you get to show who you are. You go and get to play against good competition that's similar to you. We're going to play a tough Liberty team. Their head coach, Hugh Freeze, just ended up going to Auburn. It's like they beat Arkansas. You get to go play a good program with the chance to put a real real nice ring on your finger. And uh, it's the last time for a lot of these seniors and upperclassmen. And, like, as this team as a whole, we're going to get to go play together. So every bowl game means a lot to every individual team. It does. No matter if that's a potato bowl, the orange bowl, or anything in between,
1: right? And knowing that that bowl game is like a little bit further away, um, sometimes for you guys from when your season ends, how do you guys kind of treat practice in between the end of your season and the
2: bowl game? So last year we didn't make the MAC championship. We had some time off, so we went. We had a lot more padded practices since the MAC championship. We haven't been in pads yet, but they've had us back in the facility trying to get our legs back, lifting, conditioning and stuff like that. But uh we're back in pads this weekend, so we get a little bit more of a break since we, uh, we played 13 games instead of 12. But, yeah, that's how that goes.
0: And I want to transition to talk a little bit more about you as a player. You know, you are starting guard on this offensive line and a darn good starting guard this year. You know, pro football focus – gave you a lot of respect as a run blocker this year. You know, there's 546 guards that they've graded. And out of those, you're in the top 75 as a run blocker. Talk about, you know, A, just how that feels to know like, hey, I can do this up against the best of the best. But then B, where does that come from? That ability to be such a dominant run blocker. Run blocking to me is honestly, it's a lot of just firing out and making that D lineman feel your presence every
2: play. You're pretty spot on and I mean it uh it really goes back to high school my family how I've been brought up it's always I've always just been taught to win the game as an offensive lineman you've got to run the football you got to set the tone up front like how bad do you want it? all the corny phrases we've heard our whole life but I mean even at the highest level it holds true like if you want to get that guy out of there there's going to be seldom plays he'll make you miss but you can get him out of there if, if you uh if you want it more than he does, because everyone at this level is talented. It's just who can dig their cleats in, who wants it more, especially in the run game, man.
0: You know, and we've talked about your quarterback, Daquan Finn. A lot of people don't understand how elusive he is and how much of a scrambler he is. And, you know, people think that's always just so awesome and so great for your offensive lineman because, hey, he can elude a sack if I miss on a block. Sometimes it's really freaking hard because he gets to eluding and he gets to running and he gets to extending the play so much. And it can be hard not to, you know, be an eligible man downfield. So can you talk about what it's like playing with an elusive quarterback like that?
2: Yeah, I, I've ended up getting a few of those and yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough with, uh, with DQ, but overall he is, he is a big time quarterback that sooner or later here is going to be an NFL quarterback. I'm certain of that. And, uh, to go along with your point is hard sometimes, too, because they'll go break and contain just because, like, the protection will be fine, but he's just getting out of there because he sees a lane, and then it's hard enough to grab that guy you're blocking. So, I mean, like, it can be it can be tougher on run offensive lineman than people think having a mobile quarterback like that, but it's still a blessing to block for him. Right, and
1: to jump back into that, um, your run blocking scheme, how, how much of that will you credit to your – experience in high school, knowing that run blocking was just a big part of what you did every season in high school and how to kind of transition into college with you?
2: Honestly, it's a huge part of it because all I was ever pounded in, because pounded into my head because we ran a wing team in high school was you had to be tougher than the guy across from you. You had to want it more. You, you could like, you got to lift him up. You got to get him out of there. And then uh, that's why I ended up going to Toledo too over the likes of schools like Indiana because me and my coach really meshed. He's an Orville kid. He uh, was raised on being physical and running the football. So it was like – it was just a it – was, it was what I needed. It was a good match as a coach for me. You know, and a lot of people don't understand how college football has changed
0: over the last several years. You know, we now have the Transfer Portal, which has a population greater than most cities in this country. We have NIL where, you know, you guys can finally make money. And I want to ask you about NIL because a lot of guys – have strong opinions on NIL. A lot of people who just sit and watch the game are like NIL's ruining football as a college athlete. Can you tell us, you know, what has NIL meant to you guys as far as opportunities and how, how great of an asset has NIL been for you guys?
2: Man, we work our tails off all the time at football. When we're out of football, we're studying, we're doing homework, we're doing tests. You guys know the deal. And I mean, like, the fact that people are getting mad that we're getting some money on the side is unbelievable because, like, I mean, we have our scholarships, yeah, but, like, we need money to live off of. Like, it's not—it's nice not to have to rely on mom and dad and be able to get money off our own name, our own image and likeness, and be able to provide for our family. So, it's a good deal, and, uh, yeah, I'm all for it.
0: You know, and I have to ask you because a lot of people think that college football is just, ah, eh, you go to class, you go to practice. It's, you know, meh, it's nothing no different than high school. What does a typical week look like for you? Because I don't think people understand. Big time D one college football is sixty hours a week, full time job plus some overtime.
2: Yeah, man, for real. So, most days I'll I'll be in at football for at uh six thirty to get taped and roll out and stuff, and then uh we have, Well, I film in meetings, then while I practice after that, football usually ends up going for me from about 6.30 to, I want to say, 11 in the morning, and then I'll have class about 11 to 5, and then I'll go back to the facility and watch film of practice and the other team we're playing until 7. So, all together, football and school end up taking from 6 a.m. till 7 p.m. If I have homework on that, if I have homework on top of that, that's what I'm doing until I go to sleep. So, it's a lot tougher than people think it is.
0: You know, and I think that what that shows is everybody always says, well, college athletes still can go get a job. You, you find me free time to go work a job with that schedule. I mean, I, I think people maybe don't always understand that this is your job.
2: Yeah, it is.
0: So I want to ask you, too, because, you know, playing in the MAC, the MAC is kind of seen as, you know, a group of five conference that gets a lot of respect, honestly. A lot of people hold the MAC in high regard because, you know, your college Toledo produced coaches like Matt Campbell, who's now at Iowa state, you know, can you talk about, you know, the Mac as a conference, you know, obviously we know the big 10, the sec, the ACC, if you could tell people about the Mac as a conference, what would you want people to know?
2: So the cool thing about the Mac, it's probably the only conference in FBS where anyone can beat anyone any week. Akron finished last in the conference. It wouldn't be unheard of for Akron to go and beat a really good team. Like, for instance, we lost to Buffalo. Buffalo was in an absolute dogfight the last week with Akron trying to get Bull eligible. They beat him by one on a last-minute touchdown. It's like the MAC. It's yeah, it's anyone can beat anyone, especially them midweek November games. It's smash-mouth football. No one wants to give an inch. Everyone wants to get to Detroit. It's a very competitive conference, and you can put all the names in the hat and pick one, and that's about you trying to guess the winner every year.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, I feel like there's a new winner every year, and there's no there's no repeats like in the SEC or Big Ten where you see kind of the same couple of schools winning every year. And I think that's what adds to the excitement of the MAC. But knowing that every week is a some probably a must-win week, um, I would say if you want to win the MAC, I mean, what, what does that go into the mindset of your team knowing that every week you're playing an opponent who has the ability to beat you?
2: Man, as football players, we live for it. We can never. We can never take our foot off the gas. The, uh, the the intensity of practice each week, especially when we're playing Mac games is through the roof. We're getting after it in practice. guys are really busting it. And it's just like, I don't know. It's an honor to me to play in in conference and, uh, have the intense uh, conference schedule that we do.
0: You know, a lot of people don't know much about the university of Toledo. What can you tell us about campus life there? I mean, I'm, I'm sure Toledo has got a lot to offer. So what, What can you tell us about, you know, being a student there at Toledo?
2: I mean, it's a smaller campus for a, uh, an FBS program, but it's awesome. You have, uh, you have many things to do near campus. We'll say that. And, uh, yeah, downtown's right there too. And, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, kind of just keep going about Toledo here. I mean, you guys were five and one at home. That's a pretty good home record. And, uh, it took a majority of your wins at home. So what is it like for you guys to have a home game? What's the atmosphere like? Um, what's the mindset really when you're having a home game?
2: Man, first off, the students bring it every time we're at home. We uh we end up finish we finish first in uh, conference attendance the past two years. So shout out to the fans. So we always got a good crowd. And I don't know, we uh we take a lot of pride in protecting our stadium. Like I know everyone says it, but like we mean it. We do not like people coming into our stadium and beating us, so yeah, we, uh, we like to win in Toledo for sure.
0: You know, and I have to ask you about one particular Mac team and that's Bowling Green. Uh, I, I, I know that rivalry all too well. My high school government teacher went to BG and had the BG logo tattooed on his calf. And like the man hated Toledo with a burning passion and never understood it until I finally watched a BG Toledo game. So, What is that rivalry like? You know, we know all about Auburn, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, but tell us why BG and Toledo is just as hated.
2: Man, it's the Mid-American Conference's version of that. I mean, it's a brutal game. You have your personal fouls everywhere. Just the guys don't like each other. We're separated by 30 minutes. We live off the same highway. We see their students all the time. It's just, it's not a school we want to lose to. And then the coaching staff's butt heads too. Man, it's... It's not a great deal. Like, we won the MAC championship this year, but we lost to Bowling Green by a point a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah, it's – or not a point, but we lost to him. We lost to him by a score. And uh, it wasn't a pleasant feeling. It still doesn't sit well with me. I know it doesn't sit well with a lot of the guys not having that trophy back in uh, the facility up here.
0: You know, and I have to ask you, because on this show, we love to give advice to high school athletes. You know, and you you said something early on that I think is something that a lot of guys don't think about, and that is you had a Big Ten offer. You had an offer from Indiana, you could have gone to the Big Ten, but you wanted to go to an elite group of five school, an elite school like Toledo. So I want to ask you to talk to a high school kid who maybe is weighing some offers from like, you know, a a Rutgers or, you know, maybe a lesser known power five school or some, you know, elite group of five schools. What would you tell that kid about, you know, hey, don't sleep on the Mac or don't sleep on the Conference USA? What'd you tell that kid about some of these smaller FBS schools?
2: I got a couple of things for that kid. Uh first off, you could play you could probably play a lot sooner. Two, you can win a lot more games, probably get to go to more bull games. And then three, man, you're gonna have you're gonna have family, you're gonna have friends pulling you in every different direction. At the end of the day, just sit down and think, what do you wanna do? You're gonna have people hate you and love you no matter what you do. You gotta follow your own heart and be your own kid at the end of the day.
0: Vinny, I've absolutely loved having you on today, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. It's been an absolute blast having you on, man.
2: It was an honor to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: For sure, man. Folks, that's Vinny Scurry starting guard for Toledo football. Best of luck to you guys as you guys go down there to Boca Raton. But that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. So, you know